Building codes and regulations are ignored. Threatening life and property. Who's starting the fire? Folks, these are tough times. I'm sitting in for Lou this week, who's on a well-deserved vacation. I'm here with uh, Will Hennessy uh, at the control board. How's it going? And making this show possible. Yeah, how you doing, Will? I'm doing well, and yourself? All right, doing good. And you'll be also be taking your phone calls if you're calling in. Uh, we're looking forward to today's show uh, about Rockland activists on, on behalf of Rockland residents are demanding answers from our town, our village, our state, and, and state and elected officials, those who have, we have voted into office and have the responsibility to appoint qualified people to oversee and ensure compliance with local land use, planning policies, interpretation of zoning codes, and the application and enforcement of environmental regulations, and enforce building codes meant to protect our health, welfare, land, air, water, and economy, and prevent the resulting adverse effects of climate change. We have two very special guests in our studio uh, who know a lot about these subjects who I'd like to now introduce. Uh, Gordon Wren is a lifelong Rockland resident, prior director of Rockland County Fire and Emergency Services, has served as a firefighter for over 50 years. During that time, he gained firsthand experience and, and has testified about the risks and dangers that firefighters and other first responders face when their lives and those who, uh, who live in substandard housing are threatened by the lack of environmental review and enforcement of building code regulations. He is currently the president of Coupon Citizens United to Protect Our Neighborhoods, and along with our other guest, Michael Miller, who was the founder of Coupon, uh, the first coupon chapter uh, in his hometown of Hillcrest, the town of Ramapo, in 2015, are both outspoken leaders and activists calling for greater government transparency, accountability, and enforcement of regulations meant to combat the burgeoning high-density residential developments that raise taxes, that raise traffic, fire and safety, zoning, and water quality issues. Uh, over the past eight years, 12 to 14 chapters of coupon have been set up within Rockland County and northern New Jersey. Welcome to you both. Thank you. All right. Michael, I'd like to start off by uh, asking you a question to tell us a little bit about how and why you decided to start Coupon, and has it met with your expectations? Uh, sure, George. Well, we st started Coupon because of we start, start seeing things that was happening where the, the, the town and the elected officials were approving projects that didn't meet the, land, the, the standard zoning and planning and zoning laws. So this was after I was on the, the Ramapo Planning Board with St. Lawrence so in 2004, that was approved. And I saw that after we approved the project, after we approved the comprehensive plan, he changed it. He changed it in a way that we didn't agree with. The majority of the people on the, on the planning board didn't agree with. And then after that, being a working stiff, you know, you, you, you're not too involved in local politics. But then after I retired, I started noticing that in, in, the, in the neighborhood where I live in Hillcrest, mm -hmm. single family homes were being converted into multifamily homes. Mm -hmm. And it was upsetting to me and to the other residents. So we started looking into it, and the first one was one called Bluefield Extension, mm -hmm. which they had approved in 2014. And, and which violated all land, state, and local land use laws. Mm -hmm. 
So fortunately, they did not uh, they did not start building, and so their their authorization expired. They had to come back to the boards in 2015, and that's when we had started a coupon. Mm-hmm. So we challenged that, and made them go back to the through the process to get the correct approvals from state and local conforming to state and local laws Mm -hmm. seven eight years later they're still trying we still have them in court Mm -hmm. and they're still losing in court Mm -hmm. because they can't do things right they won't do things right Mm -hmm. they will not conform to 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 the correct state and local processes Mm -hmm. now in order to correct that the town could simply rezone update the master plan and rezone that property Mm -hmm. so that they could put 12 acres, 12 units per acre. They could but change they the rules do, in effect. Yeah, They well, could change the rules, but they won't do that for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of illegality. Mm-hmm. What we believe was illegal activity that went on with this project. Mm-hmm. So and I think that's why it's still in court. Mm-hmm. Okay. And just a sec to uh, add to that a little bit. The area in question is on the border with the, with the village of Spring Valley. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the zoning. And Muncie. And Muncie. And the zoning in place from that going all the way over towards the town of Clarkstown is R15, meaning you could build one house with a minimum of 15,000 square feet mm-hmm. or two houses if you had 20,000, and that would be semi-attached with the property line, you know, the, the firewalls in between the two units. Mm-hmm. So you could, if you could build two houses on 20,000 square feet. They have an acre, and they wanted to build up to 24 oh my God. families yeah. on an acre, on and an that's acre. the kind of density you're seeing in central Muncie mm-hmm. and uh, parts of Spring Valley, and the infrastructure c- just can't handle it. So under Michael's leadership, mm-hmm. they took this on with an, uh, with an, an attorney. Mm-hmm. and some consultants and they've been fighting it for seven years mm-hmm. so almost eight years about eight yeah. years now. Well, eight years since you started yeah yes so that's democracy in action so a lot of people say you can't fight city hall mm-hmm. you can you and can fight city hall i think that's the point is that citizens can get involved if they have information they're organized themselves yep. and that's what coupon uh, now, now uh, michael you, you, you the idea behind coupon wasn't to just have one coupon in hillcrest but you've had several sort of independent coupons set up, right? I mean, can you explain a little bit of how the structure worked? And I'd like to go to Gordon after that. Well, we started off with a coupon in Hillcrest, and then we had one in Spring Valley, one in Chestnut Ridge, mm-hmm. and we started realizing that this is, the government was malfunctioning in the multiple areas. Mm-hmm. So what we did over time is we, f- we formed a Coupon Inc., which is the mm-hmm. o- overarching mm-hmm. coupon, and uh, we was fortunate to get a, a good leader of that in one Gordon Wren. <laughs> I dispute that. Is that your introduction to Gordon Wren? But the idea of having independent ones, what gives them some autonomy, but also involves them more directly in the community's uh, issues? Yes. Okay. Yes, they have auto- autonomy, but they operate within the coupon guidelines. I see. And we help to educate them and to uh, bring them up to speed on what's going on within the state and the local governments and, and have what things is going on sort of around them. You can all share information together, but also work independently and, and have some ownership of the individual projects, I suppose. Yeah, we have a code Absolutely. of conduct, and then, you know, it, like the town of Havistor, the coupon Havistor right now mm-hmm. is fighting the town. Mm-hmm. And uh, we give them guidance, and uh, we use the same attorneys and mm-hmm. consultants. and Share resources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I must say this right up front, is that most of what's happening in, in Ramapo, and this is where the majority of the coupons are located, is, is we oppose the illegal, illegal housing and overdevelopment. Mm-hmm. And it just happens that most of these that we oppose are owned by people in the 
Orthodox community. Mm -hmm. So people want to brand us, brand us as an anti-Semitic organization, mm -hmm. which we are not. Right. We work with some of the Orthodox people as well as the secular people when they're being abused by the local government. Yeah, if the Presbyterians were overdeveloping the property, you'd be against that too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and you have stopped, and you have gone after some projects. That, you know, so as a matter of fact, if you look at the, if you, if you look at the, if you look at the, uh, the, the, uh, the Muslim community, mm -hmm. they have a couple of projects that was going on both in Clarkstown and in Ramapo, mm -hmm. and I met with them. And what I advised them to do was file a RLUPA lawsuit because mm -hmm. they were not being treated fairly. Yeah. Okay. I, I want to talk a little bit about RLUPA later. I, I actually read the law, and of course it applies to generally to religions, but you look at some of the case law, and it's from all over the country. There's, there's all kinds of cases out there. But I want to get to Gordon. You know, um, Michael is, from what I understand, Michael's got a background as an activist, civil um, liberty issues, and different kinds of uh, other kinds of issues besides starting coupon in his background. Yeah. But Gordon, you came from, uh, you know, a firefighter for 50 years, your director, very establishment in terms of uh, you were the director of fire and emergency services for Rockland County. How did you decide to get involved as an activist and involved with coupon? Well, probably because um, initially, back in the 70s, I was the fire inspector, then uh, assistant building inspector, and then I took over as the head of the, the town building and zoning department. So, And then I was also assistant chief and chief around the same time. Mm -hmm. So I was in a good spot when we, you know, people don't realize they're going to have a fire. Mm -hmm. So when we go into a, a building, whether it's a home or a business, you see things or the way they are, you know, mm -hmm. but they know when inspectors come a lot of they clean up, hide the violations. Mm -hmm. So we would find all these really egregious, dangerous conditions, and I was in a spot to do something about it. Mm -hmm. So I was, I, was in the, I was a line officer with the fire department, mm -hmm. and then I could also issue appearance tickets, and mm -hmm. we didn't have to get a search warrant. We were inside <laughs> the fire department. So um, I saw some things. I saw a lot of death, mm -hmm. a lot of suffering, mm -hmm. and a lot of just stupidity. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I found people like slum landlords mm -hmm. who, for money, they could care less about the people. Mm -hmm. They think of them as cats or dogs. Mm -hmm. And um, I, <laughs> and I'm a big dog lover. <laughs> <laughs> let's take the dogs out. <laughs> yeah, let's take the dogs out. But uh, the, the, they were putting people in danger mm -hmm. just for money. Mm -hmm. And so I sort of declared war on it. And at one time, we were, uh, we had become, I bought a book on how to, mm -hmm. I'm a big reader, so anything mm -hmm. I'm charged with in life, mm -hmm. I get a book on, or mm -hmm. books. Mm -hmm. So I bought a book, and any time I hired a new person, I had them read the book on how to be a good witness, and how to mm -hmm. prosecute a case, and mm -hmm. collect evidence. So we got to be really good. We had trials every single week. Mm -hmm. And for the bad guys, we went after big, big, big fines. Mm -hmm. e even back in the early, mid-80s, we were getting fines of $30,000. That'd be like over 100000 today, mm -hmm. which is what they should be doing in Spring Valley and mm -hmm. other areas. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I fought this like crazy, and then uh, Jeff Cool had to jump out of a five-story yes. window with five other firefighters. Bronx, right, yeah. And Jeff, I was I was friends with Jeff. Mm -hmm. He was an outstanding volunteer right in this community where this mm -hmm. radio station is located. Mm -hmm. And um, not long after that, we formed uh, a sister organization to Coupon, the mm -hmm. Illegal Housing Task Force, and we tracked. We asked the public to send in their complaints, mm -hmm. concerns about possible violations, and they came in by the hundreds, mm -hmm. and then we tracked them mm -hmm. over a period of years, and it became pretty clear. Tanarampo, Village of Spring Valley, New Square, uh, Kayser, um, and now Airmont, mm -hmm. New Hempstead, Pomona is starting to go that, down that route, mm -hmm. Chestnut Ridge. They're not enforcing the building of fire codes adequately mm -hmm. and fairly, so we 
file, took this information, filed formal complaints with mm -hmm. the New York State Division of Code Enforcement. Mm -hmm. They have oversight. They enforce the, the building and fire codes mm -hmm. across New York State, except for New York City and I think Buffalo and Rochester. And they came down, they agreed. Um, you know, in Newsgrade, they said it's the worst case of lack of enforcement of building codes they ever saw mm -hmm. in 40 years. Mm -hmm. And um, we started to make some progress. And then the commissioner at that time called me and said, listen, I'm leaving. I'm taking a job in New Mexico. Mm -hmm. And he said, our job was to protect the residents of New York State. We're not being allowed to do it. Mm -hmm. And um, I, even though you're a pain in the butt, um, keep doing what you're doing. I admire what you're doing. And it comes back to the governor's office at the time. I guess it was Cuomo mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I haven't seen any changes with Hochul, by the way. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think it might be even worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think he's getting worse. We've reached out to her in writing, mm -hmm. phone calls, not a peep back. Mm -hmm. uh, so I just can't. I retired, and I, this is something I wasn't, able, I wasn't able to do, even when I had the title and the influence to do it. So we just kept I kept fighting, and we're still You stepped fighting. over the line, and you wanted to become an activist, right? Uh, well, I, you know, it's funny. Yeah, you were I, an activist, it sounds like, within your I, framework of, of I, your authority. Yeah. Michael, as a protester. A protester, yeah. In the 60s, or in the, uh, in the 60, late 60s and 1970, I had to go to, I was over in Vietnam, uh -huh. and the protests were taken back. I was over yes. there when Kent State, that shooting took yes. place, and, mm -hmm. and all that rest. So I had just, even though the, it turns out they were right, mm -hmm. I still have this aversion to holding up the thing and oh, going to the crowd and chanting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, but I've, Started to change my opinion on that. I yeah, see yeah. Michael he, early on in this. He's, <laughs> I had to go somewhere, but to a meeting, and I see him getting a protest organized uh -huh. over yeah. Eggerson Lane. Yeah. And I said, if I wasn't tied up, I would join that. Okay. So I've changed, and I just cannot let this go. And I'm astounded. The more we uncover mm -hmm. in high school, I didn't like bullies. Mm -hmm. no. We have bullies that are controlling mm -hmm. our government, mm -hmm. our lives, our everyday lives, mm -hmm. safety, and they know darn well what's wrong, and mm -hmm. we've discovered who the enemy is, mm -hmm. and it's our elected officials, mm -hmm. with the very few exceptions. Mm -hmm. They either don't care or they're complicit, mm -hmm. and if it left me, they must just be, when they put their head on a pillow at night, they must be just mm -hmm. hoping that nothing's going to happen, mm -hmm. and then it does. And then they all say the same thing. They, say, they get a microphone like we're speaking to right now, and they say all the right things. Sounds great. They get the good sound bites, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and then they disappear. And they do nothing. Do, or very little. I mean, Ed Day has done some good things. Mm -hmm. The Rockin County Codes Initiative, mm -hmm. very good, uh, very good program. Mm -hmm. And the only, the unfortunate part, which is I explained to him, is in say Stony Point, mm -hmm. they find an illegal rooming house or a dormitory, mm -hmm. they, they they come down on them, mm -hmm. and issue penalties, make them put in smoke detectors, CO mm -hmm. detectors, second way out. Mm -hmm. and they give it to the town, and the town goes out and they. They don't have a CO. They take appropriate action. Mm -hmm. In the town of Rampo and most of its villages, it's just the opposite. Mm -hmm. um, so really, I said, Ed, all you've done is, and it's nothing to be laughed at, you've made these places safer, mm -hmm. but they're not shutting them down. They're not, you're not stopping the prolif prolif proliferation of them. Mm -hmm. And um, that, you know, that can, you know, consumer protection is a great, uh, they have a great team. And one of the things they do is they go after illegal contractors. So all these illegal buildings that are converted, mm -hmm. it's done by mostly unlicensed contractors, mm -hmm. no permits. Mm -hmm. And they have the ability to go after them, seize their equipment. Just for the fact that they don't have a license, right, to operate. They don't have a license, and they're doing work. And they, uh, it, it's kind of restricted. It doesn't apply to commercial other than uh, electrical and plumbing. And uh, so when they do catch them, 
and but the public doesn't even know about it. I bet you less than ten percent of people are aware of the Office of Consumer Protection and what their mm -hmm. powers are. And if you see something going on in your neighborhood, and they don't have this, you know, they changed color, but say the green stickers mm -hmm. on the bumper mm -hmm. says "Licensed Contractor," mm -hmm. and a lot of them don't even have marking on the side. Licensed contractors will sometimes put a sandwich sign out in front mm -hmm. to encourage other neighbors. You know, yeah. if, you know, if your, your houses are all built at the same time, right, your right. boiler Either goes. roofing or doing electrical yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, so you get more jobs that way. Well, advertising. But yeah. these guys park in the back behind the house. <laughs> they throw all the junk into the garage instead mm -hmm. of a dumpster, and then they bring the dumpster in real quick and throw everything in and get rid of it right away. Yeah. So they have it down to a science. Mm -hmm. and, it's and they drop off the illegal workers and leave. Oh, I see, yeah. Yeah, the so pickup day workers uh, yeah, yeah. on Route 59 in Spring, Spring Valley, Valley. Yeah. pay them $20, $25 an hour cash. And uh, that we we stopped these guys once for a job, and uh, the police officer said, where's your boss's office and construction yard? And they said, we don't know. No, he just shows up in a van or something. Yeah, they just they pick us up and drop us off here, and all the, mm -hmm. all the uh, raw materials and tools are here. Mm -hmm. They have no idea. So it's an underground culture, and you're talking a tremendous amount of money. Yeah. You know, um, we're talking about this in terms of building. I'm sorry, Michael. Go ahead. I was going to say, you, you know, a lot of this stuff is going on, and it's not against the workers that's doing the work, right? Because they can become certified. They can right. they can be trained to do the work. Mm -hmm. It's the people that they're doing the work for, right? That is the problem, right? I understand. Well, you can get a real, you can get a lot of construction done for a, very, a small amount of money, mm -hmm. but then. It's, it catches on fire right. because the electrical work was done by guys that never went through an apprenticeship. Right. They're paying them. You know, the quality of the yeah, a, a journeyman electrician is probably getting with benefits at least sixty dollars an hour. So, and, and I started to talk about Ed Day's mm -hmm. initiative. He, he, the consumer protection is a great program to go after the illegal unlicensed contractors, and that's mm -hmm. how you can stop construction, illegal mm -hmm. construction. And the RCI, they're great. Both the, the department heads that run these programs are superb. Mm -hmm. And then they've got the situation in Spring Valley where they took over the building code enforcement. Mm -hmm. And they're doing good, but they could be doing a lot more. Mm -hmm. It could be much, 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 much more efficient. Mm -hmm. And it sounds good. They are making some progress, but it's like standing in front of uh, Mount Everest with with a you know a, a kid's sand bucket and mm -hmm. plastic shovel, mm -hmm. and you're going to move that mountain. This is uh, they're finding it. It's it's going to take years to clean up this mess, and that's just the village of Spring Valley, mm -hmm. and it's spreading. Right. It's spreading to outside the town of Rampo. Yeah. People in this community, in this county, are scared to death. Yeah. And I'll say the same thing in parts of Orange County right. as well, right. Right. in New Jersey. Yeah. I want to come back to talk about code enforcement, because this is you know, obviously an area that's very topical right now in terms of the fires and things that have happened and things we've noticed. I, I just want to mention that this goes beyond the, the code enforcement into even environmental reviews. You know, Space started, 30, my organization I started in 1990, 33 years ago, because of some of the same problems but having to do with land use issues. You know, yes. we're planning board were very <clears throat> compliant with the builders. They didn't really even ask the right questions. I remember going to some of my early planning board meetings in 1989, just before starting space, and I'd say, geez, I don't, you know, I can listen to somebody's arguments if they disagree with me, but they weren't even asking the right questions. And it was all like very familiar, you know, oh, Joe, how's your wife doing? You know, these are kind of very familiar kind of conversations that happen between the developer and the people on the boards. And you realize the people on the boards didn't, either didn't do their homework, they really weren't that interested, they didn't take, they didn't really assume, I think, the responsibility or the authority that they have, or maybe they didn't even understand the authority. So the building inspector and others at the time uh, would sort of direct the, the scenario, and it would just be like a, 
of playing through the roles and what you saw in public, you knew there were things going on behind the scenes during these tech meetings and other things where a lot of the decisions <laughs> were made, right? You know, this is, so I want to say that, that what we're talking about while we're talking about code enforcement, because this is a very important subject, it's also applied to a much bigger impact on the development, and we can talk about that later too. It's some of the larger developments that are being planned now, but also we've seen this in Stony Point. This is the reason why we tell people go to meetings, pay attention, but oftentimes we're also, obstacles are put in our way by the town in terms of getting documents in a timely manner, uh, announcing meetings in a timely manner, many things that that are part of our rights as citizens. I see it as a right by, as citizens to participate are inhibited by the way the process o open works. Open government. Open we're, government. We encourage that your constituents yes. have something to say. Right, so similar in terms of, I mean, I don't know so a lot of the issues that you've brought up in terms of code enforcement are different, but at the same time, they're the same in terms of the same kind of problems, you know? Um, so I, you know, I, 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 and you want to encourage people to participate when you realize that oftentimes the people sitting in front of the room don't listen to them or give you your three minutes and say, please send me the rest of it in writing. Uh, Michael, you're a veteran of uh, planning boards, CPA and town board meetings. Oh, yeah. What's it, have you noticed some people? Who called them out? One of, one of the um, people one of our meetings called out one of the board members for looking at his phone. I can't remember oh, who it was. Yeah, well, looking at his phone while the person was talking probably, right? While yeah, he was talking, he, he called him out. He called him out with yeah. the cameras rolling. It was really embarrassing. Yeah, yeah it was a guy from Nyack. Uh, Mark Derry. Mark Derry. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and he's an author. About, he's, he's, and they asked him why was he not listening to what yeah. was going on versus up there pecking on his phone. phone. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's an insult to the public. And yeah. you know what it does is it discourages people from participating and even some very, like you mentioned, bullyish behavior. You know, I mean, they direct a lot of that to me because I go to the meetings and speak at the podium. But I don't like, not that it bothers me that much, it bothers me a little maybe, but it really bothers me that other people see that and think, oh, geez, if they're doing that to George, they'll do it to me. And, and then inhibits people from being willing to participate and you know yeah, people get discouraged very easily yeah when they when they go to these meetings and see that uh, that the that the members of the boards are not paying attention yeah and then after that they see the approvals of these projects right and what we do when we pay attention to the what they're doing right is that and we know that they've done it incorrectly right we our only alternative is is to issue is to take them to court right here in article 78 right. or whatever and Michael we've, has we've done this time and time and again. It's not easy for the average citizen to do that. Obviously, coupons organized space has done a number of lawsuits in the past. We've had mixed results. Sometimes in the Supreme Court, it's not always easy. You have to go to the appellate court. Um, as we've had some successes and some not successes in that area, but it's not easy for people to raise the money to do that and pay lawyers to challenge their own government that they're paying taxes and to to do their jobs. And people know. are nervous. They did. A st there have been studies showing that people fear public speaking more yeah. than they'd rather go to root canal and uh, go <laughs> stand up in front of a microphone and, yeah. and fight. And then you, I mean, you're dealing with something controversial. Right. So a lot of people, it's ner nervousness, fear, yes. and that the town isn't receptive, they don't really want them there, like this guy looking at his cell phone yeah, the whole yeah. for, for it's half It's ignoring hour. you, yeah. So, uh, but Which brings up another point, I don't mean to cut you off, yeah. but uh, a lot of the people, what's going on now, if you look at what's happening in Spring Valley mm -hmm. and surrounding areas, most of the people in Coupon, what they would do is when they spot, see a problem, instead of going in and going into uh, the uh, RCI and enter the problem, they call me, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, and we'd have to go in and enter the problem in and understand what the problem is. And Michael will help us solve the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, well, then, that, yeah. and then what happens was, 
when they started the uh, Spring Valley Initiative mm -hmm. ordered by the state, mm -hmm. we were totally excluded. Mm -hmm. And so we try to keep we try to keep our ears to the to the to the ground, mm -hmm. to the grassroots people, mm -hmm. to find out what the problems are, where they are, and when they're happening, and get people to participate. Mm -hmm. But we wasn't listened to. We were excluded. And so I say, why should we go through all this problem of documenting this stuff? Because a lot of the stuff that we documented, document in RCI, is never resolved. Mm -hmm. Just like reporting it to Ramapo mm -hmm. or to the villages, they're not resolved. They just go into Never Never Land. Just explain to people that RCI is, is, is what, so people know what that means. Rockland County Initiative. I see. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a branch of the health department. Right. And they, they always had a housing unit, but it was, um, you know, it used to be much bigger. Mm -hmm. They inspected multiple dwellings and, the, mm -hmm. and rental units. And Ed Day, to his credit, um, re rejuvenated it. Mm -hmm. yep. And he uh, put more people on it mm -hmm. and gave them the power to, and it's done. I, they've taken in probably, I don't know, probably close to a million dollars in penalties mm -hmm. that by now since they were formed. Mm -hmm. It was several hundred thousand last time I was, you know, give, mm -hmm. I heard a report on it. So it's a, it's a great program, and uh, it's one of the good things that is done. Mm -hmm. But why he would not, I mean, think about it. We in the Illegal Housing Task Force mm -hmm. were the ones fighting with the state. Mm -hmm. We submitted five total formal complaints, which mm -hmm. are multi-page documents, mm -hmm. and we're instrumental with uh, Simon Ken Zabrowski getting the monitors down here, mm -hmm. and I don't think anyone has the, ex the knowledge we have mm -hmm. of the problems mm -hmm. and possible, you know, p pieces to the, the overall solution that we have, and then we're not included. Now, Mr. Day will say, "Well, you are, you are included, but mm -hmm. we haven't been." Mm -hmm. You know, I've I've I met with uh, Ed Marcunas, who I like. On a, um, I bumped into him once mm -hmm. in the beginning when they were forming this, and I suggested mm -hmm. two Orthodox inspectors who I knew mm -hmm. were out of work mm -hmm. and were good. They're good inspectors, mm -hmm. and I think it'd be good in case they're accused of just you know mm -hmm. every time you go after someone that's mm -hmm. you know, it's religious. Uh, yeah. Jewish doesn't mean it's just fire doesn't know who the right. runs the building. No, it's true. They don't know who's in the building, right. and we don't either. We, we, it's an know. equal opportunity uh, disaster. Exactly right. right. So I just thought it was a good idea. He, so the one guy got another job, and the other one is, you know, really, and he's really good. Mm -hmm. But I've offered, like, the last time I talked to him was on this radio program. Mm -hmm. Ed Marcus called in, and I said, uh, or maybe he was here and I called in, <clears throat> and I said, listen, I still have, a, I, which I've said to him about five or six mm -hmm. times before, I've got, we've got some ideas. Mm -hmm. you want to, can we sit down and talk? Mm -hmm. He said, well, next week is Thanksgiving week, and uh, I'll, I'll check my calendar. I'll get back in, <laughs> which is what he's told, said to me every time I've called. Right, right. So uh, Ed says, you know, we have access to him, but they have, to, and they're not reaching out to us, so yeah. it's no. pretty clear. Oh, that, uh, we have a caller, uh, but I also want to mention that we're uh, WRCR AM 1700 uh, and WRCR.com on the uh, Internet. Uh, if you'd like to call in and ask us any questions and be part of this conversation, the phone number is 845-429-1700. And let's listen to our caller here. Welcome to uh, Tough Times with Lou Young. Hey, George. It's it's Deborah Munitz. Okay, Deb, uh, what's on your mind? Um, well, hey, I was Deb. just... Hi, guys. How, how are you? Hi, Deb. Hi, Michael. Um, so I just... Um, I've been listening for a little bit, and... Um, you know, I know it's it's uh, great to listen to a lot of these anecdotal things, but I, I think the intent of, of the meeting is to say, you know, what what can people do? And and so I, I don't want people to feel frustrated because the people who are engaged are frustrated. Mm -hmm. um, 
I think it's really important to continue to make it really, really clear to every single person out there um, the necessity to engage and to help educate people as to what to do when they get notices and to make sure that people understand that when they do find out about something, um, time is of the essence mm -hmm. and that, um, you know, it's really important to figure out, like, you know, where do you start? And, and the key thing is if you get a notice for a meeting, a planning board meeting like George was talking mm -hmm. about, um, you have to go, mm -hmm. um, but you want to be prepared. Mm -hmm. And um, you need to understand that, you know, people do have the right to request information mm -hmm. to be prepared. Mm -hmm. and, and the same goes for the Zoning Board of Appeals. And so there are some key things that um, I just wanted to call in and, and encourage people to, you know, know that the you know the day after they come home they get their mail they they get their notice that they really need to get on the phone to show up yeah. that next morning mm -hmm. they need to contact either the planning department or the building department mm -hmm. or the zba department mm -hmm. and they need to find out how they can lay their hands on plans asap mm -hmm. and that the most important thing that they can do is to um, even if they don't show up, you know, you can you can email in comments if you can't make it. The key is to make comments. Mm -hmm. um, in writing is great. Mm -hmm. um, that's usually the best. Um, but to do it in writing and to show up is, is equally as important. And it's very important to not speak in generalities. It's very important to speak in specifics. Mm -hmm. And um, it's really important to ask questions. Yeah, that's a really great point you're making, you know, and, and sometimes people feel they don't want to go to meetings. I mean, when I talk to people about going to meetings, it's like the first thing they think of is, what are you complaining about? Instead of going just to learn about what's going on, they think it's all of a sudden. But you know something? Going there, you don't have to be an expert. You can ask questions, like you're saying, until you learn more about what's going on. That's one way to learn about what's going on is to ask questions. Now, oftentimes they won't answer you right away, but you get the documents, like you say, and one of the things we have is the access to the Freedom of Information Law, which you can then, in writing, ask for those documents, or like you say, call up the planning or town board uh, to ask for copies of those documents so at least you can read over what documents they have. And, and, and right. Deb, yeah. Deb I, you know, I don't think for the listeners, Deb is one of the uh, driving forces behind a lot of these successes where we've challenged mm -hmm. uh, government and, mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. developers and been successful. So I met Deb when I was approached about getting involved in the Patrick <coughs> Farm project and uh, Deb and Suzanne Mitchell and Susan Shapiro had formed and a few others, thank Bruce Levine and a few others, but mo the three, those three women were driving forces yes. behind that. And I, I learned from you guys. The Rosa for Rockland. Yes, Rosa for Rockland. Yes. I learned from them and that's sort of, an, you know, we're sort of an offshoot of Rosa. Yes, <laughs> we are. I mean, and Deb is the brains, one of the, one of the yes. brains behind the tremendous successes. She's become an expert, exactly, a tremendous researcher, and a really a valuable asset. And she gives good advice too. Yes. Well, it, 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 I'm, I'm glad that we were able to inspire others to take action. But I think the key thing is to make sure that we're constantly communicating mm -hmm. to the public as to how to take action, and that, um, like I said, questions are as important as as opposition or um, you know like general opposition is not a good thing but if somebody's putting up a development next to you um, and you ask a question like I'm really I have a private water well mm -hmm. how is this going to impact my mm -hmm. private water well mm -hmm. I'm concerned that it's too close or that you know there's too much impervious surface or that it's you know 
how, how am I going to know, you know, that this is not going to impact me? Negative or how, impact, do, yeah. how do I, yeah, how do I know I'm concerned that my privacy will be intruded upon, mm -hmm. you know, what's going to be done to do this? Mm -hmm. When you ask intelligent questions that are very directly related to your concern about impact, mm -hmm. then the planning boards and the zoning board of appeals and even with rezoning the town boards and the village boards, have a responsibility to address, you know, key concerns if they are the kind of concerns that are addressed mm -hmm. during, you know, like the the environmental review process. Mm -hmm. And the the only way that anyone can take someone to court, um, municipalities have the benefit of the doubt. Um, they are presumed that their their whatever they've decided um, is correct and in the interest of the municipality. And the only time that you can win is when they make um, decisions that are either unlawful um, or, you know, it's arbitrary and capricious, meaning if you've asked a, a serious question and they simply do not answer it at all, you can, you can actually have something overturned and, and the judges will tell them, you know, somebody raised a legitimate question and there's absolutely nothing at all in the record showing that you considered you it at all. Yeah. And so and th that's why I, I, I tell people, even if you don't know, you're not an expert, you don't sure. want to hire experts, you don't want to do these things, asking key questions um, and forcing the boards to at least you know, it puts them on notice that the public's paying attention. That's a big part of it. Well, no, no, but it's not that it puts them on notice. Yeah. They have a responsibility mm -hmm. to not cause impacts to mm -hmm. the people who are living there. Yeah. And if they're going to cause an impact, if there's no way to get around an impact and, and it's just going to be a problem, it doesn't mean they can't do it. But it means that they have to do a much higher level of review. Yeah. And nobody wants to do that much higher level of review unless they're going to be putting in these monstrous, you know, new developments. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the key thing is, you know, you need to be clear. And so that's the one thing. Is yeah. People need to get the details, try to be specific, ask intelligent questions. And if they think that there's going to be an impact, ask the board how that impact is going to be avoided, yeah, and great, that's the good, key. And that's the key. That's the key message. Good, is good that it's not That's not scary to ask questions. Yeah. You know what we found also is uh, the Rockland County Department of Planning uh, actually reviews most of the projects, and they actually provide some great information that the boards oftentimes ignore with getting a simple majority plus one vote. But if you can ask the town or village uh, for a copy of what the county has done in terms of its review it gives you some information that uh, you can ask good questions from as oh, well wait, wait, wait. George it's easier than that um, anybody can go and and, and Google search mm -hmm. uh, Rockland County GML right if you Google search Rockland County GML you will get to the Rockland County Planning Department's page and there's a page by municipality where they have a listing and you know sometimes depending upon timing it may come in the day of the meeting but the one thing i can say is that it's really important if you agree with the comments that are made by the rockland county planning department it's very important to just say so because if mm -hmm. you're a neighbor and you are impacted mm -hmm. you cannot just simply rely upon them to make the comments because they can be overridden yes 
it is your responsibility to independently raise those issues because issues, it, yeah. it's the neighbors who are impacted that have the standing, mm -hmm. the, the ability That's right. to challenge a decision. Um, the Rockland County Department does not have the standing mm -hmm. to challenge these decisions. They can raise them mm -hmm. um, on behalf of villages and the public, but they can be overridden and they don't have the standing to challenge the decision because they're overridden. But if you, if, if, if you are impacted by something that they're saying, if, if the concern is if they're saying there's not sufficient parking, mm -hmm. this is gonna cause too much parking you know, on the street, and you go in and say, I completely agree with this comment that Rockland County Planning has mm -hmm. made, and this is going to impact me, what are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. Then they can't just override it. Mm -hmm. You know, they, their reasoning has to have, you know, they, they have to address it. So that's, a, that's a really good and, point because most people have no idea what the county planning board's recommendations are because they don't really go over them publicly. Right. And there's one, Deb, you and I worked on a little bit. They had, the planning board had 36 items, areas of concern, and the village of New Hampshire planning board just rolled right over the top of them mm -hmm. and proved, overrode them all. And this was one of the more harsh reviews I've seen. Uh, it's just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Listen, we have another caller, yeah, but... Yeah, Debbie, you're welcome uh, to hang uh, on, or yeah, we appreciate the phone call. Let's, and, say, let's go to our second call. And De De just before we go yeah. over, hey, Deb, I was looking at your email you sent last night about that property in Spring Valley with the uh, three-lot <laughs> subdivision. Will you talk about you call me down later? <laughs> You're talking about offline. Okay. Uh, I, I, I figured out the finances. You'll be astounded when I, the amount of money involved in that one little piece of property, this sure. is why they're doing what they do. Right. Well, I'll, I'll send you an email. I to. I understand. Thank you, Deb. Appreciate the call. All right, we have another caller. Uh, you're welcome to Tough Times with Lou Young. Who do we have on the phone? Hi, uh, it's Marion. Uh, I just have a And question. where do you live, Marion? I live in West Nyack. Okay. But I have friends like in all over. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, I, I, let me put it this way. I live in Rockland County. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I never say I only live in West Nyack. I got relatives here, relatives there. I used to live in Orangetown. You know what? We're all one county, so right. it affects one, one neighborhood affects another. Right. You know? Absolutely. So um, I have a friend who lives in the neighborhood, and um, say, well, let me put it this way, say a building is going up, and they say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, this is going to impact, it could be flooding and stuff mm -hmm. with your building. It goes, well, we're only making it, like, say, nine by nine in order to check flooding, uh, you know, things, uh, they'll have, like, in other words, certain things done, has to be 10 by 10. So we're only doing 9 by 9. <laughs> All right, so mm -hmm. the 9 by 9 goes in, okay, then you put, like, say, a driveway and certain things, and the people now get flooded. So what recourse do you have as the neighbors say, well, look, you know, <laughs> yeah. we, we said we're going to have a problem. Now I'm yeah. stuck with a flooded area. In other words, circumventing the law by by maybe going below what the requirement yeah. would be to, more, to right. do a more strict exactly. review. Exactly. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. I so, mean, I, I just, I'm up here. My my parents brought me up here from Rockland, farmland, and, you know, <laughs> yeah, I just... I'm yeah. very upset about the whole thing, mm -hmm. about, you know, the little guy being, you know, not getting anywhere. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's, it's supposed to be injustice for all. Isn't that what our Pledge of Allegiance? Yes. Injustice for all? It doesn't mm -hmm. seem to be injustice for all, and we know that. So all, all about money and power yeah. and 
and justice for those with the money and the power. And, and it's not even hidden. You know, at least the mafia, they do it behind closed doors, and it's hidden. The uh, This is not behind. This is in front of everybody Plain can see it. Yeah. They don't care. But, you know, Gordon, uh, Deb brought up a good point, is, is while we recognize these obstacles, uh, I think the point is how do we give people some information on how they can overcome the obstacles, still participate? I mean, we don't want to throw our hands up and say, hey, the obstacles are too great to overcome, so... No, well, but I, still, I, I, the average person, they yeah. work, they, you know, they're, 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 some people are more older, they're tired, yeah. and it's being taken advantage of, being bullied. I call mm-hmm. it being bullied. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 I think, I think you, you are correct. I think at most planning board levels, or zoning board of appeals, people come in and they mean well, and when they finally get the courage to go up to the microphone, they're scared. And they say pretty much the same thing. They're worried about traffic and uh, water and, you know, that kind of thing. Parking. Parking. But, and it's true. But if, if Deb has just mentioned, if the county planning department says traffic and uh, mm-hmm. drainage and parking is going to be an issue, mm-hmm. that adds credibility. It's not mm-hmm. just some, you know, guy who doesn't want whatever it is in my backyard, you know, that NIMBY thing. Exactly. The, the county yeah. planning board agrees with them. Mm-hmm. So that raises a very interesting point. So yeah. they're the experts, and then you just use that. Um, yeah. I, I remember when the Environmental Management Council used to write these great detailed reports in the earlier days when space started, and we would just take them and read them at the meetings. <laughs> and you know, but not, everybody, co- not me, uh, everybody follows with the planning, the Rockland County Planning Board suggests, because yeah. they only suggest, and they'll, right. they'll tell you things. I mean, I live in an area where there's a transfer station, yes. and years ago they said, no, this is not good, uh, we, we rec- don't recommend this, this and that, and they did put it in anyway. And now we're dealing with that nonsense. And Well, you know, I, I, I think what Deb was saying is that you, you need to, uh, the, 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 the uh, Rockland County Planning Board can come up with all of the issues recommendations. for the recommendations mm-hmm. for a yeah. given project, but that's not binding. And yeah. what she's talking about, the standing, right. if you just get up and repeat what the re- repeat what the Rockland Planning Board mm-hmm. issues that they document to the town, mm-hmm. then it becomes, and you live in the area, you have standing. Yeah. And what mm-hmm. standing means is that you have the, 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 the right Right. As, a, as a resident to file an Article 78 in the, right. uh, lawsuit, and they have no, to answer your um, lawsuit. It yeah. just seems like we have the right, but we're not, we don't, we're not considered. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Would you have to have a powerful lawyer and powerful money? I right. mean, you know, the, the, that's power in politics. You know, one time somebody said, why don't you run for the office? I said, what are you kidding? You want me to be a guppy amongst all those sharks? I have more say on the other side. <laughs> and on that note, I'll leave you and have a great weekend. And all right, Marion, thank you God for the... God bless f- America and injustice for all. Thank Everybody you. For, that? We appreciate the call. Thank <laughs> all you. All right, bye-bye. All right. Okay, you know, um, we could play maybe a song, uh, Will. Uh, you my first one up there? Um, your first one you had was For What It's Worth. Yeah, would you play that one? And we'll come back to that on the other side. We'll take your phone calls at 429-1700. This is George Patanovic with um, with uh, Michael and, and, and um, Gordon. Uh, Tough Times with Lou Young. Okay. Something happening here But what it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop, children, what's that? 
And, and, and what's that sound? Uh, is my microphone on? Yeah, uh, um, yeah tw- let's look at what's going down. Is the same true now as it is in 1966 when that song was written? Um, you know, 1966, uh, John McLeave was the uh, supervisor of the town of Rampo, and he uh, tried to you know, legalize a lot of the illegal apartments. And he said, just come in, we're going to do a moratorium. I think they legalized like 600 units, and he thought that was going to be the end of it. Uh-huh. It wasn't. And then we're still facing it today. Yeah. Yeah, so the same issues. And, you know, we talked a little bit about the idea that the county department of planning, well, it doesn't have the authority to necessarily, well, it makes recommendations that uh, the public can key in on. And and when they do, it gives more strength to them because if a lawsuit is brought, uh, they can use it as standing. Uh, to show that there's people that are directly affected by this project who believe the same kind of issues are, are at stake. Um, but the county department of planning is also looking at the bigger picture, which the towns and villages don't seem to do. And I think that's an important point to make is is the county is trying to look at the bigger picture here, you know, that we should be looking at in terms of water uh, quantity and quality and traffic and many of the issues that we see result from uh, the overdevelopment that's being proposed by a developer who wants to get the most use out of a piece of property, but the towns don't necessarily exercise their authority, but the county is saying, hey, you know, we got a bigger picture to look at here, and, 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 uh, and we should be considering these other issues. So I think regional planning, as we were saying, is an important part of this as well. Well, you know, uh, just water. There's been Rockin' County, uh, the, the water supply has been uh, scrutinized pretty mm-hmm. heavily. Yes. You were involved in the uh, Water Coalition. In the Rockland Water Coalition. And uh, everyone's concerned about water, particularly back in 99. We had a really serious drought, mm-hmm. probably the most serious in you know recent years, going back to the 60s. It was, it was solved when we got hit with Tropical Storm Floyd. So we had two different issues. One, we had tremendous damage from flooding. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that was the 100-year storm. And then, of course, Irene and them did just as much damage, particularly mm-hmm. over where, in the area mm-hmm. where you live. Mm-hmm. But um, 
you know, the desal plant was was a battle and it was won and uh, mm -hmm. we're all paying for it right now. Yeah. But we don't have any sources of water really outside Rockingham no, County. No, we have what rains on our. Um, you know, the Rampart River comes down from yeah. uh, Orange County, Orange County yeah. but. Um, that dries up very quickly, and once the water flow drops below, I think, 3 million gallons a day, they have to shut down those wells. That's a third mm -hmm. of our water. Mm -hmm. So if you look at all, all the, just the projects Rampo is including right mm -hmm. now, Michael mentioned before, two golf courses, mm -hmm. New York Country Club, Miss Yonga Golf Course, mm -hmm. Patrick Farns back on, mm -hmm. uh, the Tartikoff property, mm -hmm. um, Matterhorn, um, and then all in the area of Hillcrest and Spring Valley where they're taking little one-family houses, you know, modest mm -hmm. homes where you had a family of four or five living in it. Mm -hmm. They're tearing them down. The one I was referring to, the Deb, mm -hmm. uh, they're talking about um, building up to 24 units per acre or mm -hmm. say 12. They call them 12, but then everybody has an accessory apartment. Mm -hmm. So it's really 24. They're mm -hmm. calling it 12 mm -hmm. kind of a thing. So just think about the number of people. Are we prepared in five years or maybe seven years, that we're going to have another 100,000 people yeah, well, drinking our water. Yeah. Where's the water going to come from next time we have a drought? Right. What about the infrastructure for right. sewage? What about the infrastructure for traffic? This is a, yeah. know, this is the first time that we, we're really talking about this. Right. But think about it. Can you imagine adding another 100,000 people? Yeah. That's what we're talking about. Is that Miller's yeah, Pond, 637 yeah. units, right? I mean, over they're talking about yeah, over there. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, the Patrick Farm, they're calling it what now? Harriman Meadows? Yes. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I don't trust the town of Rampo. They'll approve mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. But what, what gets actually, what actually is created eventually mm -hmm. doesn't match with what the planning board approves. Right. And Mr. Leibovitz is the builder who uh, tried to build Patrick Farms. Mm -hmm. Back in the 80s, he built another project that was very controversial mm -hmm. on 8R Court. Mm -hmm. And it was supposed to be one family on each side of a fire wall and it looked to me like the plans each basement was very high a lot of windows and sure enough after they got their approval mm -hmm. we, we the planning board actually required them to make the slab uh, less you know the ceiling height should be eight mm -hmm. feet they did it like five and a half or six mm -hmm. feet so you couldn't use it for a living space mm -hmm. after they got their final COs they jackhammered those slabs out dug down and the, every one of those units as far as I can tell has either apartments or businesses in them, mm -hmm. so they can't trust the town of Rampo mm -hmm. to, for, to, you know, to inf they don't enforce the regular. Yeah, and we're not saying people don't have the right to develop their property, but it's this overuse of the property and extending it to the limits that's uh, at, the at the expense of everybody else. Yeah. And when the when you get floods. Mm -hmm. And you don't have the aquifer; it's not getting recharged. Mm -hmm. If you have nothing but rooftops, sidewalks, and hard parking lots, yeah. you get this wicked fast runoff. So they build mm -hmm. these retention areas, like the Ador Court. I just described that. Mm -hmm. They built this big state-of-the-art retention area, mm -hmm. and then they didn't maintain it. Mm -hmm. Then the town and the county mm -hmm. teamed forces a few years ago and went in there and tore, cut down all the trees, and the thing it wasn't working. Mm -hmm. So it's all smoke and mirrors. It looks yeah. good on paper when a, mm -hmm. when a guy in a $2,000 suit mm -hmm. gives an engineering report saying this is how it's going to work. And then you go fast forward 10 years, you get a major storm, mm -hmm. and everybody's getting flooded out. The fire department gets called out. People yeah, get yeah, hurt. Yeah. So it's just, this is bad planning, mm -hmm. bad government going amok yeah. with no checks and balances. Yeah. Our call-in number is 429-1700. If you'd like to call in, we have another caller on the line. Uh, welcome to Tough Times with Lou Young. Who do we have on the line? George, it's, it's Deb Munitz again. Um, <laughs> sorry. You sound a lot like Deb Munitz. <laughs> I, I, I heard you discussing um, sort of the numbers and the examples, and um, it's like not like I want to really scare people, but there, there is a lot that, that's sort of missing, and, and just to make sure that people are, are on top of the big picture. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's important to make sure that everyone is aware that 
last summer in July, the town uh, of Ramapo passed a new planned unit development local law that allows developers on 20 acres or more, like the golf course, like uh, the one across from the Mount Ivy Diner, Venetiango Park, um, to come in, ask for a rezoning, and actually propose their own bulk standards. So, um, you know, this is what is enabling the golf course that is currently zoned for, you know, one home per two acres mm -hmm. to come in and say, well, we want six homes per acre, which mm -hmm. is, a, you know, an increase 12 times. It's a 12 times increase. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say that, you know, the truth is, you know, one of the things that I know that we've been advocating for is that you don't have to stop um, – you know, more units. It's mm -hmm. not the number of units that's always really the most representative of what the density is because mm -hmm. 500 units of, you know, studio apartments and one bedroom apartments is not the same as five bedroom apartments mm -hmm. um, in terms of the impact <laughs> that it has. Mm -hmm. um, so, one of the things that we've been trying to advocate for um, overall is that people start looking at these things and asking the questions um, when they show up is to focus on the number of bedrooms and to understand is the solution that's being proposed a solution that suits the people in the area. So, you know, if you have this golf course that's being inserted in the middle of, you know, like the Minisiango golf course, it's being inserted in the middle of this sort of New Hempstead, Pomona, you know, low density area, mm -hmm. you know, the question is, what do those people want? Now, if they all have, you know, children who need, you know, small apartments, they may welcome it. Mm -hmm. They may think that this is the best thing next to sliced bread. Mm -hmm. And, you know, who are we to say whether, you know, that's good or bad or otherwise. But the key thing is, you know, you can do high density as long as it's, there's water for it and there's sewer for it and that maybe you're hiding it so everyone's not looking at it um so it's really important to sort of look at things from the right perspective and so i've been advocating that people come to these meetings and really look at things and and ask the questions you know is this something my kid would want mm -hmm. you know is this something you know how is this going to impact me if i don't see it and i know my water's okay and the rest is it okay mm -hmm. now that being said you know you've named just a few mm -hmm. and saying you know what can happen you know you know like why are you guys saying oh this could be a hundred thousand new people and, and the reason is you know if you look at like a project that uh, i know michael and gordon have been fighting for a long time is bluefield extension mm -hmm. you know they keep saying oh it's just 15 units it's only 15 units it's this really tiny little thing you know mm -hmm. but the 15 units it, you know once you really get into it and you go around and I want the one other thing I wanted to remind everybody is that when you do these foil these freedom of, um, information. of information yeah. requests um, you can go to Rockland County you can go to the Rockland County you just type in Rockland County foil f-o-i-l and um, you will get to a very organized uh, you know set of forms you you register and then you can ask any of the county agencies for their um, documents mm -hmm. on you know what they're looking at and so, you know, late in the game after, God knows, you know, they claim they've been doing this since 2012, so it's been over a decade that this project has been trying to get approved. Only in the recent year or so did they actually put in their 
um, realty subdivision application so that they could get their water supply extension. Mm-hmm. And that's where you first see, like, you know, people can come to the planning board saying, we're worried that it's going to be so many people. Mm-hmm. But the question is, how do you document and establish that concern? Mm-hmm. But when you look at their form that says, we're going to have 130 people on one acre, yeah. now you can see <laughs> why there's a concern. You know, so um, it's really important for people to ask the questions to these planning boards and zoning boards and say, how many people are being forecast and how are they coming up with that number? And is that number the same number that's being used for every single agency, um, you know, throughout the application process? Yeah, Deb, I'm just going to ask you to hold one. We're going to take a station ID. This is WRCR AM 1700, WRCR.com. Uh, tough times with Lou Young and Havistroy, New York. Okay, that's our station idea. We'll come back to you now, Deb. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> top, so, of the, uh, top of the hour, so, two o'clock. So, 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 so anyway, so you have one acre, 130 people, mm-hmm. and then you look at you know these applications where you know uh, the golf course, uh, the net acreage is over 100 acres. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at uh, Patrick Farm, the net acreage is you know uh, like 150 acres or mm-hmm. you know whatever it is. And then you start multiplying those acres by like 130 people. Mm-hmm. And that's where, when, when Gordon wow. says, you know, we're concerned, you know, that there's going to be this many more people, that's where the concern is coming from. And it's not just the Minnesiango Park and the Patrick Farm and the Minnesiango Golf and the New York Country Club. Mm-hmm. Um, this particular <laughs> new, this new local law, mm-hmm. uh, well, and, you know, the 650 mm-hmm. some odd apartments over at the Watchtower in Slotesburg. Mm-hmm. Um, and but you have open vacant land between College Road and Spook Rock Road north of Carlton. Mm-hmm. You know that's about another hundred acres. Yep. Then you've got the corner, the the northwest corner of 306 and Viola. Yeah. There's several lots in there that are being developed. And these are big um, lots, big. And these are and these are large um, open lots. Um, you know, Kazarnowski who owns a golf course also has another 20 plus acre lot uh, across from um, well, Manning Welder Park. You know, and, and uh, there the were old, more. The old, the old Eckerson Farm, which is back, you know, Zev has got that uh, Senec the farm again. Mm-hmm. But Deb, you, what you said is pretty almost profound. Think about it for the listeners. If you don't remember anything of this show, just think 120, 130 people per acre. Mm-hmm. How many people per acre? And and you multiply this by the acres. She, you know, if you total up just the one she was rattling off, you're talking a lot of acreage. 130. Potential. Development, yeah. Well, just a New York Country Club is 120, 130. Mm-hmm. And if you add up all these other projects, you're probably over 1,000 acres. Well, look, not for nothing, New York Country Club is not in the same boat. It is a New Hempstead project. So New Hempstead is going to keep it in that single-family, you know, double-family housing model, but they've doubled it, and, and they doubled the gross acreage instead of the net acreage. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the, the real impact is probably somewhere in the two-and-a-half to three times range, but it's mm-hmm. not in the 12 times range like mm-hmm. what's going on in the town of Ramapo. De- 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 you're right. New Hempstead is following the same tracks as, as New Hempstead. It's almost like they're dovetailing. They learn from Ramapo, and <laughs> they learn that they're in need of the town of Ramapo, and they're lousy poor planning practices but you were intimately involved in Patrick Farm do you really believe I believe the new plan calls for 88 one family homes on one acre do you believe those will ever be developed they're going to do the you know, the, the dense well, the condos that, first so, so yes yeah, so that so that project is identical to what it was before 
Um, originally, um, the promise was that they would do all the single-family homes first, and that was a requirement. Um, do I believe that that will happen in the next go-around? No. And I don't know that I necessarily believe it should happen. Um, you know, the reality is the developer wants multifamily. Everybody wants multifamily. It's just that's where, it, it, and you can say it's the developer. Not, not everybody, not the existing residents. Yeah, the, the, the well, poor no, existing no, no. residents uh, who've been living on the And let people lots. know where Patrick Farm no, no, is. No, no. Not everybody knows, Deb. It's on the corner uh, of 306 and 202, right there. So, yeah, there's a triangle that's created by, you know, the intersection. So there's about a mile um, from uh, about the equestrian center up to 306 along 202. And then when you go down the other side um, from that intersection, it's about, you know, kind of a similar amount down to around babbling. Uh, what's, what's, what's the name of that? Hidden Valley Road. Um, you know, past past the fire, you know, the Molston uh, fire station. Mm -hmm. But um, so, so the answer is, you know, you can say people don't want it, but the truth is, you know, people don't want to see it. And, and that's the point that I was trying to get to is that um, the idea of, you know, I'm going to match what you've got around here and I'm going to like take down all these trees and plop in some pretend amount of single family lots doesn't necessarily you know, it, it's like who who's going to want to buy those lots right next to multifamily when you've left nothing behind these lots to hide the multifamily. To buffer it, yeah. So yeah. The, the issue is, you know, maybe the smart move is to simply don't do the single family at all and, and leave, you know, 200, you know, 200 feet of a conservation easement. Well, like, really know, cluster leave. housing, the developers love that because it, it costs less in the, in the long run. Mm -hmm. but, you, but what about, you know, the, the original town master plan was actually pretty, was pretty well done because they allowed people to live on relatively small lots. Yep. Um, they did not allow multiple dwellings. Uh, you know, they stopped that in the 60s. That was should have been fixed a long time ago. But the northern part of the county, with these RR, like you described in the Cienago Golf Course, was RR, rural residential one house on two acres or an acre and mm -hmm. a half. And the people who lived up there for generations liked it that way. They had horses and they liked the privacy, the semi-rural environment. So, you know, in this case, this is just being, as they put it, shoved down their throats. And right. Well, but I th the key, the key, the, I think the key concern and the key thing to focus on, and the thing that the town has done a really substantially terrible job, is recognizing that everybody who moved into these areas wants that. And, you know, to the degree that they want to increase the density, you know, how do you do something like that without impacting everyone? And, you know, you can't just pretend and put things on paper and say, well, you know, we're going to let you see a single family house and you're not going to see the multifamily buildings. But the truth is you will. Mm -hmm. If you cut down all the trees and clear it for a ring of single family homes, then you're going to see the multifamily homes. So the question is, how do you actually do a good job? You know, why can't the town actually study, you know, what does it take to properly, you know, visually screen these large scale developments like the Pascack Ridge, like the golf course, like that? They should not be guessing at this. They shouldn't just be looking at these computer generated pictures saying oh you know like one tree is going to screen something because um it just simply doesn't a hundred percent it absolutely doesn't do the job and there is at this point in time many many examples like um 
have high, you know, Highview Hills is, is being built on, high, you know, on Highview Avenue. Mm-hmm. It's 88 units. It's supposed to be theoretically a, a senior development, but, you know, they allow people 45 and up to buy in. Um, the whole idea is it's in the, it's in the scenic road district. Um, you're supposed to have, you know, um, double setbacks and you're supposed to have this, you know, like tree retention and mature trees and, you know, the town was supposed to build stone walls and have all these trees and all these buffers and all this stuff in place before any development started. And every tree in the world came down in 2017. It's now 2023. And they haven't done anything that's required by their special permit to protect the, the neighbors and to, you know, replace the perimeter in a way that people don't see this this completely disparate type of development going in. I agree. And what has the town done as far as enforcement? Right. So, so, but now we have these examples. And so what I'm telling the, the public at large is that there are examples out there of, you know, this, like, you know, really different, you know, zoned areas adjacent to lower density areas um, like they have at, uh, you know, the connectivity systems built, um, what's the name of the one on 59? Um, that terrible um, commercial, um, it was a mixed-use a mixed use development. Um, and, and the people on Treetop and, and on Grove Street, you know, I mean, Objected we're to. talking about, like, Orthodox families literally crying <laughs> over the impact because they were told that, you know, things would be screened and they wouldn't see this stuff and that the town would protect them, but they haven't. And so we have all these examples of, you know, these barrack buildings that are being put up without proper visual screening. And we have to take these examples forward and and the town has to do real comprehensive planning, which includes, you know, actually hiring experts to figure out what does it take well, to provide sufficient buffers and then, you know, establish those buffers, establish conservation easements, make sure that, you know, they're leaving the trees and they're filling them in and whatever's left, that's where they can look for, for opportunities. But they, they have to protect the existing and, public and Deb, first. And Deb, here's here's one that's going on. Let's talk about Pascac Ridge for a minute. The buffers that we talked about uh, on Pascac Road that were buffered from the Pascac Ridge project. What buffers? There's no buffers. The the, the trees between Pascac Ridge and Pascac Road. A stream. What what trees? There's nothing going to be left. I know there's nothing going to be left now because they've sold everything, all of the projects, uh, bordering Pascac Road all the way up to Ewing Avenue. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Well, yes. That, so, that. so, 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 talking to them about having a buffer so that the people wouldn't see Pascac Ridge is now gone. As a matter of fact, they're planning to build roads between these these houses that they want to build on Pascac Road to Pascac Ridge, mm-hmm. so that they'll be they can enter and exit onto Pascac Road. Hmm. Okay. I don't want to get too deep into the details of any one project, but I understand there are many details, and, and you know, maybe this is not the best forum to discuss. I, I, think, I think the key thing is that people need to really understand what's concerning to them, and they need to ask very clear questions, yeah. and they need to basically say, I do not accept this, like, totally drivel 
analysis that's been put in front. And, you know, it, there's something very powerful about just going out and taking taking pictures. And, and that's what groups like Rosa for Rockland, like we're trying to do these things, um, is to create sort of, you know, like why does everybody have to reinvent the wheel? Let's Let's try and just, you know, get the town to, you know, do the right thing by forcing this, you know, similar sets of examples to them. Thanks, Deb. You made some great points. Okay. I appreciate okay. the call. I'm, I'm hanging up again. All right. Thank you. You're always welcome <laughs> to call back, of course. Yeah. A lot to say. Good, yeah. good stuff. Uh, we're going to take a break and, and, and listen to Reverend Billy for a few minutes, for like eight minutes or so. And when we come back, we're going to talk about something called the Religious Land Use and Institutionalized Persons Act, which people know as RELUPA, uh, which is uh, an issue in Rockland County that uh, Coupon has been involved in. And we're going to talk with him about the purpose of the law and how it's being applied in Rockland County. So let's Let's hear from Reverend Billy in the Church of Stop Shopping. All right, Reverend Billy. And welcome to Earth Riot Radio. I'm Reverend Billy. Come on into the Earth Church. Well, we are all activists, and I know that many of you out there in Radio Land are activists as well. But the word activist is everyone's now. Nobody can't have that word. Anyone has a little bit of desire and expresses that desire in any way. That's all it takes. If you took a selfie a minute for 24 hours running, people would say you were a clever activist. No meaning necessary. And today's activists can want change, but an activist can want no change. A radical stop to change is also activism. Oh, we've seen that. Oh. We don't talk about it very much in the United States. How do we accept, how do we notice that we have this unease? We kind of sense that we've been outmaneuvered. We're locked into this dance, this strict choreography. Locked into, and, and yet it looks to us like we're just living ordinary moments, but something, gradually the words that were once full of important meaning that allowed us to be free are blowing by on the highway in the wind, trash, Che Guevara ice cream. As consumers, we are microdosing activism. We take a little bit of standing rock with our act up. And so in the end, the only activist truly and fully in the original sense of the word is the earth. The earth rolls through the cities with fire and flood and starvation. And the earth rolls through the cities with beloved autumn colors and moods and red oaks whistling in the wind, the birds flying overhead, the earth, the earth, the earth is the only activist. Oh, my God. 
fossil fuel era my entire life, and I'm looking for a graceful transition out of it. I don't want to crash my way out where I can't drink the water and I can't breathe the air and everything is a toxic mess. What we want is a transition out. But, you know, what we have is an addicted society, uh, you know, and the fossil fuel industry continues to push those addictions. You know, I heard someone talk about the colonial imagination versus the indigenous imagination. And the colonial imagination can only figure out like within this box. And it can't get to the place where we need to get to where it's more than just the rights of corporations. You know, and it's more than just the rights of, of first world people, but it's also like, what about the rest of the world? And what about the relatives, whether they have wings or fins or roots or paws? You know, that's how you survive. Maybe Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk think they can make it without the rest of us. But the rest of us know that we are part of this world and that opportunity is here to make a change. No time like the present. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I yeah, figure yeah. like. And, Absolutely. And it appears that Glasgow did not bring the change. Imagine Alcoholics Anonymous having right. a global conference and the biggest delegation to the conference was the alcohol industry. Right. Or in the past, a big anti-slavery conference and the biggest delegation was slave owners. By the way, that's what it was. That's why slave owners got compensation and those who were slaves got no compensation. And this is how the climate negotiations are going. And now, you know, people like myself, when we look at where we get inspiration from, and I think that the inspiration right now is coming from young people, but it's also when you're looking at bodies and knowledge, indigenous wisdom teaches us the way out of this mess, because unless humanity can learn to coexist with nature in a mutually interdependent relationship, you know, we're not going to be around for that much longer. And I always like to tell people, don't worry about saving the planet, right? Because actually, if we continue on the suicidal path we're on, we would destroy our soil, destroy our water, warm up the planet. The end result is we will be gone as a species. Yeah. And and once... The plants will be back. Yeah. And and, and, and once <laughs> we become extinct, yeah. the oceans will recover, the forests mm -hmm. will grow back and so on. And this struggle, therefore, has to be understood as uh, saving our children and their children's future. Michael's... Uh, Michael's good, huh? Michael's really good. He's been... You're back. Okay. Well, thank you. That's a Reverend Billy. We appreciate Reverend Billy's uh, perspective, especially with the power of corporations. I think we can equate that with the power of developers uh, over the use of their land. It's a very similar issue as to the fossil fuel industry and how uh, large corporations oftentimes direct policy uh, and not necessarily in the best public interest. Um, okay. So we're going to start a topic. We're going to talk about the Religious Land Use and Industrialized Persons Act of 2000. Uh, and as written, the purpose of that law, it's called RELUPA, for those of you who have heard the, the, the acronym, R-L-U-I-P-A, um, is to protect individual houses of worship and other religious institutions from discrimination and zoning uh, in, within towns and villages, so you give them the opportunity to have their religious uh, uh, establishment within a community that may not normally uh, accommodate that due to the current zoning uh, within a community. So um, we want to talk about what the purpose of the law is and then actually how it's being implemented. We do have a caller, but we want to get into the subject just to start with Regalupa. And, and I know Coupon has been involved in a number of issues uh, regarding uh, the application of Regalupa. Um, and that residents feel that the law itself, uh, while it has good intentions and the, and the original purpose of it, when it's applied 
uh, the way it's being applied, and under, usually under the threat of a of, of a loss, a federal lawsuit, which communities don't want to incur, uh, it often uh, sways the, the local uh, planning and uh, and town boards to a grant. Yeah, uh, Michael has, Michael's really good on the. Michael, why don't you fill us but in a little bit? On, if we have a do, we have, of course, if you want, we'll give a quick synopsis of how it's being. Right. What its intent was, what is the plan? And then we'll go to the call. Being, what's the attorney call it? As applied? Yeah. Well, As applied. the microphone, yeah. Gordon. Yeah, you got a little closer to the microphone. <laughs> no, I forgot, yeah. yeah. Right. I'm going to give just an overall view, and then we're going to go to the caller. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, the, the Arlupa law is a started off as a good law, mm. but as it's being applied here, it's being used as a sword to, to badger municipalities into doing things that, that shouldn't be done. Mm -hmm. Now, prior to Arlupa, and I've said this to many people that zoning laws are basically discriminatory. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you can't put a a, a school in a in a in a uh, commercial area, and you can't put a commercial mm -hmm. area in a in a, in a residential, residential zone, area and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But Arlupa will people would not allow churches and mm -hmm. places of worship mm -hmm. to be put in. Didn't want them based on whatever type of religious institution it was to be placed in their neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. Well, our Lupa, uh, purpose of our Lupa was to fix that. Mm -hmm. But what's happening is that it's gone much too far mm -hmm. in that uh, when there's opposition to it infringing on, on in, in environmental areas, mm -hmm. in wastelands, mm -hmm. in whatever areas these boards are allowing it to happen, mm -hmm. And, and, and infringing on the communities in ways that, that endangers health and safety mm -hmm. as far as parking is concerned and use of resources are concerned. And then when they object to it, any municipality that objects, mm -hmm. they're sued under our lupa, mm -hmm. and they have to settle. They either lose it in court or they settle, and they have to pay all of the lawyer fees mm -hmm. for, the, for the religious organization mm -hmm. that, that's claiming that they were discriminated against and the fees because build it's up a into millions of, cost millions of dollars yeah. Yeah. And, and it costs millions of dollars for a small I mean, if community you have a straw from November to January they settled a lawsuit mm -hmm. for $235,000 mm -hmm. now what lawyers build up that amount of yeah. time yeah, yeah, in yeah. that amount it's of period. time yeah. so and during the the process of of River Glen during that process of that lawsuit, it was thrown up many, many times during the planning and zoning boards that this is our loop. If you don't do this, mm -hmm. we're going to. They're threatening. It's a threatened. It's it's a it's a hammer that's held over the, the heads of the boards to say you, you don't compl you don't comply. We're going to sue you. The attorney for the applicant throughout the planning board sessions, mm -hmm. zoning board of appeals, and uh, town board meetings mm -hmm. repeatedly implied. Basically threatened an Arlupa lawsuit mm -hmm. if they didn't approve it, and uh, you know it's and this is after the residents themselves. Now they wanted to infringe on an environmental area. Mm -hmm. The residents themselves that lives in that area, uh, one of them would they they, would, they wouldn't allow him to infringe on it. Another one cleared away some pines, some dead trees in the area, and he was fine. So why don't, why don't, you know why don't we take the call? Yeah, and we'll, we'll, we'll describe in detail so we it makes sense because right. we are this the Havistar, um piece has become central to a lawsuit that may go right. Yeah, we'll talk about Havistar, but welcome the caller to Tough Times with Lou Young. Who do we have on the line? Hi, it's Maureen Benedict. Hi, Maureen. Where are you from? 
um, Airmont. Okay, New great. York. Welcome. What's your What's your question or comment? Um, first, I want to thank both men for the great job they're doing, and secondly, um, I have a question. Uh, doesn't have to do with our lupa, but it has to do with the planning board. I know Deb had mentioned about asking questions. Um, I had attended a planning board meeting, and I went through the um, applicant's full environmental assessment plan, and I had multiple questions. You only get three minutes for a comment. Okay, I made my three minutes, but I don't get answers. Is that legal? Mm -hmm. Yes, they don't have to answer your questions during the meeting. But do I get an answer afterwards? Like, I want to write in and find out, you know, I have various questions regarding there's mistakes on their environmental plan. Do well, I? If you, okay. answer, if you answer the questions, specific, specific questions, mm -hmm. and if they don't answer, then they have to answer those questions in, in order final, to get yeah. in, the, in their final assessment. Yeah. So they have okay. to answer uh, questions that are raised by you, um, not in the meeting necessarily, but they have to answer every single question basically that comes up. That's why public comment is so important, and in writing is even better, so that you make sure your question is understood clearly. Okay, then I'll just write because... It doesn't seem like I'm getting any answers, so I'll write to them and with the same questions that I had. And they were specific. Mm -hmm. I identified areas on their plan. I told them the pages, the sections, and I just want to ensure that I get my answers. Okay, thanks very much. And, again, thanks for all that you do. Thanks, Maureen. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, Sam, they're having a lot of challenges there with that new uh, village government that uh, came in the last three years. Mm -hmm. so, with... Um, We've been studying the Arlupa thing for a number of years, mm -hmm. and uh, Airmont was one of the first ones they actually, where she just called from, mm -hmm. they um, suffered a defeat mm -hmm. in the 90s, under when, or, no, in the early 2000s, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and um, it cost the taxpayers in Airmont, which is there were probably about 10,000 people there, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of money. And then there was a second one, and I think even a third one, or the third one was threatened. Mm -hmm. So. And if you look at the village of Pomona, community of 3,000 people. Very small. How they absorb these million dollars, you know, I don't know what the surcharge is on their taxes. They have a mm -hmm. surcharge, probably a few or several hundred dollars a year that the residents are paying for to fight it. So in Howard Phillips' case, that's in the town of Havisville, what's the population in Havisville? 35, 38,000? Mm -hmm. Something like that. And they're, they're still fighting their way out of the tax Satoria challenge from Bowline, from, yeah. and then in uh, Love It, Love it yeah. and I think maybe Gypsum, I forget, mm -hmm. That's which is all part of the North Rock and School District, mm -hmm. which they share with Sony mm -hmm. Point and Harris Draw. So um, I think they're getting close to getting at least one of those mm -hmm. Jack's uh, challenges, you know, out of, over with, you know, paid out. So but I think... Harris is an example of the Relupo. Uh, yeah. Um, now Michael mentioned that they came in, uh, initially, we looked at the plans a year ago in November, and I said... I don't think you can or you should fight this. They're doing it the legal, they're doing it the right way. They want to be able to take a one-family house, convert it into a synagogue with a big addition and a commercial parking lot. Uh, but they're doing it the right way. I think they they don't need all. They shouldn't be asking for all these big variances. Mm -hmm. Maybe they should have bought two lots, mm -hmm. and then they don't need any variances and build according to code. Well, there wasn't enough room for them to buy to have two lots. Yeah. yeah. So but, but, but another piece of property somewhere else, you know, in, in yeah. the general area. Buy two houses. But so th this seems to be a pattern. Buy one one lot, and then you want massive variances. So that's one thing. The other thing was, and that's what got my attention, because I, I wasn't too enthused. I was almost going to leave the meeting, and then one this lady says to me, um, there's a conservation easement on all the properties, including this house where they want to build a synagogue. So I said, a conservation easement? 
I mean, for maybe a storm sewer or sewers going through. And she says, no, it's a conservation easement when they built our houses. And she said, I wanted to build an uh, in-ground pool. And the town's building inspector said, you got to move it back two feet closer to the house. You're t encroaching two feet into the conservation easement mm -hmm. that they're paying taxes on. Mm -hmm. And another, then another guy pops up and says, uh, I asked if I could cut some trees. And the inspector came out and said, you can... You can't touch any of these trees. You can cut the brush and a couple, you know, little saplings, but no major trees. So he goes, all right. And another guy said he cut a bunch of dead trees because his grandchildren play out there, and the town fined him four hundred dollars. Oh, and now on the property in question, where they want to build this house of worship, I believe the the conservation easement follows the southern property line and then turns and goes north and it follows the western property line. So my one of my good friends, Ken Borden, bought a house there twenty some odd years ago right up against this and they were told you'll never have to worry about your privacy because it's a hundred foot conservation easement and with the new plans being submitted he would be looking at street lights you know parking lot lights yeah right and all the trees cut down and uh, a yeah. little sliver left little buffer so you can understand why the neighbors are upset so i said you know what? i think you have a case and that's when uh, then michael you can take it from there eventually mm -hmm. you know they uh, the, the, they disapproved it the zoning board of appeals approved it plenty board yeah, the ZBA approved it without consideration for the conservation easement, and which would allow them to encroach on the conservation. The planning board, which is the which was the lead agency, dis disapproved it, and so they issued a lawsuit. Mm -hmm. That's what, just uh, the attorney, our Emanuel. He he threatened the uh, our lawsuit, and then he followed through on it. The, the, you know, the and his, even his the, clients. the town's lawyer kept. In, in, in seven in times she, she, she mentioned it several times mm -hmm. and wanted them to approve it mm -hmm. and so when the uh, planning board disapproved of it mm -hmm. did not approve it uh, they they issued a lawsuit and named the members of the planning board that that, that yeah, voted they, against how it how did they name them individually I thought that once you're on a board you don't incur individual lawsuits well I think well, the town has to protect can, the, the, yeah. the town yeah, has to defend them because that's you know almost like a slap suit but they used to have years ago when you you know that's intimidation it's intimidation yeah, yeah. I, I agree I agree and it prevents because and other people in that in those positions will say wait a minute my, yeah, yeah. I'll be in the. I'll be named personally in the lawsuit. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's very little it's intimidation of, technique. There's yeah. very little exposure to an individual on one of these boards, unless it's something really gross negligence, yeah. and that, which is not the case here. No, no. So, we looked at this case, and we were talking. To, we have an attorney who's interested in, in uh, you know, thinks, in challenging. Lupa in the federal courts, and when they when they passed this law back in 2000, I believe, and, and I think Nadler is one of the few that are still around that voted for it. Yeah, they a lot of they had a lot of reservations about it. Yes, and they uh, it was approved. They voted for it. But they said let's do a look back, and then in two or three years, mm -hmm. and see how it's being applied. Mm -hmm. And here. Uh, one of our attorneys in a public forum said it's being used as a sword here. It's yeah. meant to protect the religi religious freedoms of Americans, which is a great thing. Yeah. We support, and by the way, we support that right. a thousand percent. Sure, but it's being used here, like in Havistraw mm -hmm. and other cases, as a sword to force things down municipalities' throats that they wouldn't normally approve if they didn't have this threat looming over their mm -hmm. head. So and there's a fine line sometimes. You know, I think you know in some of the local cases, the it was justified because it was you know intent right. to discriminate mm -hmm. but uh, in this case I don't think it's true because that conservation easement and um, so our attorney has we have two actions going here Michael yeah right? well one 
one action going and one coming. And it hasn't been announced yet publicly. Right. Just like it wasn't announced. It's this thing Are we going to get an announcement on the radio program? Is just it? like the 100000 that you know, <laughs> and that 100000 by the way, is probably conservative. Uh-huh. Can we handle? Right. Can the infrastructure that kind of water? Expansion, yeah. That hasn't been discussed yeah. anywhere in the media, but this hasn't either. The first one, the first lawsuit, or legal action against challenging our LUPA law, mm-hmm. um, has uh, been publicized somewhat? Mm-hmm. Somewhat publicized, but we're waiting now. It's in uh, uh, the judge is considering a motion for dismissal of the suit. By the applicant. By and the, so yeah. once uh, she makes her decision, then we can, we can publicize it. We'll go. So Coupon has taken the tack that, you know, if you can't get the boards to pay attention to the details and make responsible decisions concerning development of various kinds, the alternative is to take them to court, which is the New York State Supreme Court under what's called an Article 78, correct? So you have to raise money to, you know, to do this, which is, of course, a big effort. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, yes. and you've got several of them on the, on the burner, from what I understand. Yes, uh, probably have seven or eight uh, yeah. legal yeah. actions pending right, right now. And money is always hard to come by. Mm-hmm. Um, our business community, for some reason, you know, they have not, even though they give us verbal support, very little support financially. Mm-hmm. It's mostly coming from... Individuals. Individuals, which is, $20. Which and is totally confusing to me. Right. Because a lot of these businesses that are in business now, what's happening and what's what's happening in Ramapo and in, in, the, in the county, if it continues with 100,000 people coming in, they won't have a business. They'll right. be out of business. Right. But yet, you know, we're not against our lupa or people coming in, mm-hmm. but... What should happen is, in the housing community and in the religious community, things should be brought, should be built according to reasonable codes mm-hmm. of health and safety, mm-hmm. and taking into consideration the the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. But it's not. Mm-hmm. So, and these business people, they don't seem to realize mm-hmm. that their business is at at, at stake. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't apply to the utilities, but it certainly does apply to, you know, little mom and pop yeah, stores. Yeah, little mom and, and pop stores. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if you just take a look in in Muncie Lumber and Yards. in Spring Valley, what used to be there and what's there now, those are all religious yeah. so, institutions. So Rulipa is there. an exception to the zoning code, but yet I'm surprised to hear that they actually consider the variances that you can get uh, as a way to circumvent the zoning code and apply RELUPA, even if you need variances, uh, in other words, the variance is an exception to the zoning code in order see, to build. See, you, you, if you, some planning boards, and variances were not meant to be given out wholesale. Yeah. They were not meant to be given out like candy on Halloween. Right. They're meant they to be are. given out under, in, especially in Rampo and now yeah. most of its villages. Yeah. Um, they should be given out given out judiciously mm-hmm. when there's a real hardship yeah. not one because he's yeah. not going to make as much money yeah, uh, yeah. if he doesn't get more units right um, unusual circumstances there's mm-hmm. a big boulder they'd have to blast mm-hmm. to get out of the way so they want to move it a little closer to the property mm-hmm. line things like that but they're not not the weather being given out in, mm-hmm. Ra- in uh, Rockland County in many mm-hmm. cases mm-hmm. it's just not right and they they're using this law to force municipalities to prove things they wouldn't normally approve Right. Yeah. No, we we don't want the law done away with. We don't want it appealed, and there be no law. What we want is it. We want it amended, so that when these, when so that they have to follow the same health and safety, uh, and environmental uh, concerns as the secular community has to mm-hmm. follow. But it's a, and when they do that and issue these 
these Harlupa lawsuits, these un, unfounded lawsuits, that if they lose in the courts, they should be accountable for the legal fees for the municipalities or whoever they're suing. Mm -hmm. Right. In other words, the reverse, uh, the uh, other side of what happens when the municipality loses and yeah, has to pay exactly. the, you know, let them be responsible. So they may think twice about bringing a, right. a lawsuit that they would end up being responsible it, to pay yeah. the millions of I dollars. I wish you were a federal judge. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds reasonable to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, the fact that you can ask for these variances, I guess the justification they'll say is, well, you give variances out to other people. But... When you're applying a real lupa law, there ought to be, and I guess we should be uh, uh, talking to our elected officials, Mr. Lawler, and I guess others who uh, are in federal, right? Because this is a federal uh, issue in terms of, but you know, this is not obviously Mr. affecting Rockland. Mr. Lawler has been uh, gotten a letter from us. We haven't heard anything from him. Haven't heard right? from him. Yeah, yeah. We haven't heard We've written from him. to all of our federal rep representatives, okay, senators and Congress people, and uh, we've gotten one one response back so far uh -huh. from uh, Senator Ryan. So that could be a campaign in Rockland that begins in Rockland, but I'll bet it applies to lots of places in the U.S. It applies yeah. to the entire U U.S. Yeah, I, mean, I bet they're having issues we don't hear about. Yeah. Okay. okay, we have a caller on the line. Welcome to Tough Times with Lou Young. Who do we have on the phone? It's me again. <laughs> <laughs> you sound a lot like Deb. No, very <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm actually cooking, but I'm listening. Um, I have a question. Right. I, I, like, I know uh, you were talking about the gentleman that wants to put the pool. No, we all have to follow. I even have to follow when, uh, if I build anything. Mm -hmm. So why is it that not everybody's following the rules, and, and why isn't it a, 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 a another a discrimination in the way uh, it ought to be, and you have to live versus, you know what I'm saying? Well, the attorney for the uh, applicants will say, that because it's a religious use that the municipality has to handle it with a softer touch. Mm -hmm. Right. Meaning, um, it depends on your interpretation of what that means. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a vague term. What's a softer touch mean? Mm -hmm. yeah. It doesn't give them carte blanche mm -hmm. well, immunity. Well, obviously, it does. It seems well, to be. You and I may agree with that, but that someone else's interpretation may mean... Something it's just else. An the, threat, the threat of a tremendous lawsuit is the thing that makes the difference. Uh, I think is that you, you know you're you're See, really risking. It's like gambling. You're risking a. Yeah. New York City may not cave in to this because they have a lot of resources. Even George Holman may not. You know, in his administration, it's in a town of eighty-five or eighty-eight thousand mm -hmm. people, but a, a little community of three thousand people. Right. It's a big hit. It can bankrupt everyone. Yeah, yeah. You're talking right. tremendous. We shouldn't even have to because, like I said, the law should be for both. Discrimination yeah. goes both ways. Well, the, the 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 problem with the problem prior to the law was that there was rampant discrimination right. nationwide against religious institutions. Mm -hmm. For instance, I'm in the South. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There was no synagogues in the South. There was no mosque in the South. They wouldn't allow them. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Very little Catholic churches in the South. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. All okay. Methodist. All, all Methodist and Baptist. Baptist, yeah. <laughs> like I, I went home uh, back in, fe in in February, and I'm driving around, and I started. We started looking at religious institutions, and just about on every corner in my hometown, there is a Baptist or Methodist church. It's a strange yeah. thing about religion. We just don't seem to be able to get along with it. Probably more people have been killed over religion, over religion yeah. than oh, any yeah. other thing, uh, you know, in the yeah. human history. So I mean, I understand it, it could be a good law if it's not taken advantage of. Right, right. It's like anything else. You take advantage of it and you point the finger and you say, you see, you see. Well, wait a minute. Take that thing and point it at yourself, and you see, you see, mm -hmm. yep. you know. So the intent of this law was good. It's just being we feel it's being abused here, and mm -hmm. um, we have 
I think Harvester was a pretty good case uh, mm -hmm. to. We'll see how high up this goes in the courts and uh, to mm -hmm. get a decision. I'm sure it's going to take a while. Mm -hmm. We're challenging it, and we've reached out to all of our federal representatives, asking them to form a congressional meeting and hearing to discuss how it's being as applied. So has Coupon decided? Yes, we're going to go ahead with you. No, we don't. It's in the works, it's and the works. then they're filing it. a second lawsuit against mm -hmm. the town of Haverstraw for uh, town board for uh, 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 overriding the town of Haverstraw overrode. The planning, board. the planning board. So now I don't think anyone knows that yet. We're announcing it here. <laughs> George's show. I, think, yeah, I uh, think that was fear. Yeah. But so, uh, is there anything, this is a federal law, and it doesn't seem to be taking up many problems down mm -hmm. south or whatever. It's mostly here, the whole northeastern seaboard. So mm -hmm. isn't there anything on the federal level well, that could, they can examine this law and say, now look, this is what's happening. It's an interesting and statement you just made. Why mm -hmm. is it just being abused here? It must be other areas. Well, I'm wondering what's going on. It must be other areas. It was originated out in the Midwest. Bulldozers are bulldozing people down? I don't know. Utah. Yeah. See, it originated. The law was 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 fashioned because of what was happening in out, out Midwest in Utah. Right. I think it was Mormon, the Mormons. Mormons. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. They were experiencing the same problems. Yeah. Yeah. Similar. Similar. Very yeah. similar. And, and like I said, I totally can understand that, but it's it's taking the wrong course. But couldn't somebody on the federal level? Look at everything that's going on, saying, "No, wait a minute, we have to examine this." That's what we're doing. No, that's, that's what we're saying to Mr. Lawler. I guess we're asking uh, our elected officials to that, say that somebody is the Supreme Court or the or the judicial system, mm -hmm. the federal judicial system, and that's what we're going to. We want them to re-examine this law and to overhaul it. Mm -hmm. Our right. attorney feels this may end up in the United States Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. Well, I hope so. It's just the same thing, like with the guns, you know, right to bear arms. But mm -hmm. you know, we're not going to go there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there uh, are similarities. I mean, these are there are basic rights that this country was formed on. One is religious freedom, and the mm -hmm. other one is the, the ability to defend ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, of course, that was different when we had muskets. Oh. And uh, <laughs> I know it's different times. Yeah, the ourselves yeah. against England when the, the Patriots had no, you know, you, you were right in those, you know, and, and people should know their history. Mm -hmm. But things are a little bit different now, mm -hmm. you yes, know. And uh, anyway, I just. I, my second weapon is prayer. So mm -hmm. I pray, and I, I and Michael, my, this is Michael, right? Yes. Miller, yeah, Mike, you know me. I'm trying to do the best I can on whenever I can, and, you know, I'll, I'll, you're doing a great job. I really appreciate you putting this on. Thank you. The subject. We're, we're, thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you for thanks calling for in. Thanks you're for welcome. the support. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye now. Yeah. Interesting, interesting comments by the callers. Yeah, speak up. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Gordon uh, fading away here. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, you know, um, so... Uh, it would be great if they, if we can get this law amended so mm -hmm. that it's fair to both, to everyone. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and that's what I think, that's what our objective is, not to deprive anyone of their rights and mm -hmm. liberties in pursuit of, mm -hmm. of, of happiness and, and religion, mm -hmm. but to make it fair for everyone and stop the abusers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it'd be nice if everyone could sort of just live together and yes. you know, have discrimination of any kind. That's true. Yeah, exactly. Hold your, hold your, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we're going to hear a, hear a song from, uh, from Hozier um, and Mavis Staples, uh, and we'll come back on the other side. And we'll take your phone calls at 845-429-1700. Um, in the last uh, 15 minutes of the show, we, we welcome your calls and... Uh, 
Okay, hold your... It's not the waking, it's the rising It is the grounding of a foot uncompromising It's not for going of the light It's not the opening of eyes It's not the waking, it's the rising It's not the shade we should be past it. It's the light and it's the obstacle that casts it the heat that drives the light, it's the fire it ignites, it's not the waking, it's the rising, it's not the song, it is the singing, it's the heaven of the human spirit ringing, it is the bringing of the line, it is the bearing of the rhyme, it's not the waking, it's the rising, and I could cry.
That's power. That's Nina. Nina cried power. How about you out there? Uh, what, what are you going to do to cry power? Uh, we're talking a lot about obstacles that we see in the local government that uh, oftentimes discourage you from participating, and, and we certainly know those things firsthand. But the idea is that you have rights to do that, and and you know, uh, uh, in, a, in 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 a, in a very positive way, uh, exercise your right to participate in the process and not let not be allowed to be uh, isolated or met to, made to feel uh, your comments are insignificant. Like Maureen from Airmont. Yeah. She, that village government, that administration thinks they have the power. Mm -hmm. And she is a little, just a taxpayer. Yeah. The ta they're the ones that are supreme. They're the ones that really have the power. Of course. They don't know how to use it sometimes. That's right. And their arrogance Get, they get away with it most right. of the time. They work for us. Except right. on occasion, mm -hmm. if, if you get involved with a group like Coupon mm -hmm. or the Illegal Housing Task Force, if you're mm -hmm. in the fire service, um, mm -hmm. we've been able to fight back and... And win. Yeah. And, and win. And, yeah. and Consistently. And it's a lot of times, even if we don't file a lawsuit, we just say, if you prove this, we're going to take it to court. Yeah. They More often than not, they back down, right? Yeah. But only because we know we'll follow, we follow through on yeah. the threats. So I feel bad for Maureen. That's a classic because we've seen it over and over and over. You, mm -hmm. you pour your heart out, and they just say, look at you. Right. No response. Right. It's basically saying F you. It's, yeah, that's basically what it is. Yeah. You know, it used to be um, writing letters to the editor. It used to be a way to people every Sunday when people would get the journal news. Uh, I used to love that. You know, it was, a, page. it was a, yeah, but I mean, it used to be where everyone subscribed to it. You know, we, ha yeah. we don't have the media coverage, um, w you know, that we've had in the past. Even well, no, the, no, even social the, media. So we have social media. But the thing is, uh, the staff, I understand the staff reductions at the Journal News and, and you know, they don't have the uh, staff for the uh, covering the meetings. But, you know, it's such an important element of our democracy. I, I used to think about writing letters to the editor on Sunday. And sometimes you feel you're the only person who feels a certain way. But you find out that you're not. I think that's the big thing to understand is that you're not the only person it's that feels big, that way. That's a big part of democracy, to be able to challenge the yes. government from a, the smallest little village right up to the federal that's level. Right. And that's what Americans do. Those are our values as Americans, yeah, you know, that yeah. we ought to exercise. And if you don't, then people protest. Or if you, if you don't, <laughs> then we go out and protest, right? I agree with that. Protest. I still haven't been one yet. Well, well you know something, days. a protest is a way to visually show uh, dissent and get people to think. You know, whether it's on a corner where something's going to happen or whether it's an issue that they feel important about. Right, Michael? That's right. I mean, that's, that's what's built America is protest. That's how women got the right to vote. You know, it's how we eventually stopped the Vietnam War. You know, I mean, these things, that, the political mechanisms weren't working and the public spoke out. And, and, and uh, that's a positive thing. It's not a negative yeah, thing. Yeah. That's activism, uh, in my view. You know? um, and I think that we do that in different ways. You don't have to start a group like Coupon to be an activist. You can do your small part, talk to your friends, write that letter to the newspaper, call up your public official. There's many things that we can do as individuals to take part in the process. It doesn't mean you have to take on the whole thing. But American uh, history and politics has been peppered with people who get money Mm -hmm. from special interest groups yes. and then they do their bidding yeah. in office and yeah. that's what that's a yeah. or uh, block votes that 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 you, you're concerned about opposing either money, well. or money or money votes. or usually both yeah, money both. and votes is a yeah. very very powerful drug for yes. people who want to stay in office or yes. get in office yes and it's a, it's addictive yeah. and it's um yeah. And on a federal level, they shouldn't have to raise the amount of money they do. But they have to take that money because you know, it's expensive to run for office, especially for federal office. I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm in favor of public financing of, of campaigns that way and limiting. It's not a level play field. It's field. not a level it's playing field. field. We have a country of 330-some-odd million people now, yeah. and this is the best we can do? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. We're, you know, when, we, when we had 
13 million people were producing leaders of the quality we had in yeah. our first several presidents. Yes, of course. And they weren't perfect either. But if they were today, we'd be skewering them too, probably. Yeah, right. Well, they deserve a little skewering. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we have people in office right now here. Right. Affecting Rockland County. Right. And they're not standing up for everyone. No. Uh, it's just, and we know who they are. Right. And it starts, it starts at a federal level, stops at Albany level, and we know for a fact that the commissioners for various departments in state government are not being allowed to do their jobs here in Rockland yeah. County, Orange County. It's you know because they've told us, they've told me personally, yeah. and then we've got people in office here. You know, Ed Day and I have been, Michael and I have been meeting mm-hmm. him repeatedly, mm-hmm. and he's a different Ed Day than he was mm-hmm. when he ran for office the first mm-hmm. time in the, you know his mm-hmm. first term or, mm-hmm. or two. Something's changed. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. What, you know, I don't can't see inside his head, right. but and the same thing is applicable to um, a lot of the people who are elected, like in Airmont, mm-hmm. and then they put people in office who do their bidding. You mm-hmm. know, do look the other way when it comes to building yeah, and fire yeah. codes. Yeah, yeah. You know, so and you know, going to a public meeting and speaking of public input is important too. You put the issue on the table when you do that. I mean, we used to have the press there to cover that, but even just speaking at the public meeting lets them know there's voices out there that want to be heard. Norman Rockwell, yeah. one of his illustrations, yes. had a... Freedom of speech. Yeah, that's right. That was one Before, of the best ones. We should have that duplicate yeah, and put in absolutely. every single I know the one you hall with these meetings, take, with these that's planning right. board and ZBA and that's town right. board meetings. Great American value, you know? Yeah. 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 And, you know, look at the town of Stony Point refuses to broadcast its meetings virtually. You know, there are a lot of people who can't make the town hall meetings, and why aren't we doing that? We certainly have the money well, to do like it. Well, get the word out every avenue you can. Yeah. You, know, you want people to be informed, otherwise it looks... And the money's available. The money's available because uh, even uh, Cablevision gives them a lot of money, franchise fees that they have the money to do. It's not a matter of money; it's a matter of effort and the willingness to do it. And I think we have a caller on the line. Welcome to Tough Times with Lou Young. Who do we have on the phone? Um, it's Colette Fournier from Spring Valley, New York. Hello, Colette. Hello. Hi, Colette. Hi, hi Michael. <laughs> um, Michael and George, I just wanted to congratulate you on the show. I actually called into say that I'm still out here and I'm still supporting um, this, these injustices that we're dealing with on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did want to know if there was a link that you could point people to. Um, I'd like to copy the link, share it with friends on social media, because I just heard about it today. So well, I, I know that there might be people that have wanted to hear the show. Oh, to, to, to hear the show or to hear how to connect with Coupon? Well, everything. Yeah, we're I mean, have, I, I just think that we should have some links that we could share yeah. with people. Cool. That we're going to have the show is, is posted on Spotify usually within a day or two, so we'll make sure you get that link. But in terms of connecting with Coupon, which is very important, Michael's going to give us some information about that. Yeah, you so can Spotify. Spotify. Oh, I'm on. I, I, okay. Hang on a second. For, you, want to write, you got to write that down. Uh, we'll, we'll uh, yeah, but we'll, we'll. There's other links. There's other. There's other uh, ways to to listen to the program. But we'll make sure okay. that's put out there, and y- you can do that. Go ahead, Michael. Thank but for again. coupon, uh, Colette, you can go to coupon Rockland. No, I'm good. Okay. Coupon, I'm good. I'm okay, good. you're good for coupon. <laughs> well, others may not be, so I'll repeat it anyway. Yeah, go ahead, give it up. It's couponrockland.com. And to learn about coupon, there's a lot of information there. Or if you just want to donate to us, which we are in dire needs of donations, mm-hmm. is you can do couponrockland.com slash donate. And that will put you right into it. Right in. Okay. You got to turn your radio You might down. have us uh, on the Yeah, I know. Phone. I know. I'm at the computer. Uh, I'm kind of trying to get away from it. All right, Colette. It's good to Thank hear you. from you. I appreciate what you got. A lot of information, a lot of updates. 
looks like some kind of hope, but, you know, more money, more donations, well, more fighting. It's crazy. Well, that's a, you, have to, you have to give to stay in the fight. You have I'm, to be I'm, in it to win it. I know. <laughs> you got to be in it to win it. That's right. You got to be part of the we'll solution. We'll some battles, you know, as far as the bigger war. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, that's for everybody. You know, to do your part, whatever you think you can do. Obviously, everyone's got things going on in their lives, but every little bit helps. And every it voice does. that you say reminds somebody else that there's somebody else out there that agrees with them. And, and you know, it's a, it's important to, to see us as, as, as many people who can bring together a, a certain amount of oversight to our local government, which we certainly have a right to do and should be and, expected. And I'm, am I still on the air? Yes, you are. You are. Because I just wanted to say something that I always reflect back to what my mom said many years ago when we were having a lot of drug problems in our community. And she said, if people didn't come together in all communities, the problem would spread. And I could see that this is a reflection of what she taught me as a youngster. Yeah, very good. Absolutely. Good plan. We did you... not get that support initially. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good. Thank you for calling yeah, in. Yeah, thank you for calling in. Thank you. Call Much call. love, you guys. Bye-bye. We're going to have to uh, wrap things up here, Will. we get the we got a minute and a half. minute and a half, okay. Um, well, I want to thank our, our guests. Um, you know, um, <laughs> this is, a, I think, a really great conversation. You know, I'm, <laughs> uh, I, I think we got through a lot, a, a lot of information. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, of Gordon Wren and Michael Miller, uh, Will Hennessy here on the board, and, and uh, Deb, Deb from Pomona, right? Is it Jane Pomona? Yeah, uh, Montebello. Montebello. Um, Marion from West Nyack and Maureen from Airmont and Colette from Spring Valley. Uh, we appreciate your phone calls and um, we encourage you to uh, spread the word. Uh, we'll be having the link that will be posted uh, shortly and we want to say thank you very much. Tough Times with Lou Young and uh, tune in every Saturday 1 to 3. Thank you for tuning in and be well.